This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at Ravinia.org. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at WBEZ.org slash events. As you've been doing your regular shopping at the supermarket or drugstores, you've no doubt watched as the price tag on many staples has gone up. But have you also noticed shrinking products? I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. You may want to double check that shampoo bottle before you buy, because the phenomenon known as shrinkflation is on the rise here in Chicago and across the country. Does that family-sized box of cereal not last as long as it used to? You're not imagining things. Companies have tried to hide inflation by keeping their prices the same, but reducing the size of their products. It's called shrinkflation. 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 Consumer companies that make food and beverages have been shrinking package sizes, weights, and quantities. To find out more, we're talking to Stephanie Zimmerman, consumer investigations reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times, and Edward Dworsky, former Massachusetts Assistant Attorney General in Consumer Protection and founder of the consumer websites mouseprint.org and consumerworld.org. Now, Stephanie, have you experienced shrinkflation while you've been shopping? Absolutely. You know, I I sometimes will have like a shampoo bottle or a hand lotion bottle in the house, like almost all used up. And I go to buy another one and I bring the new one home and it's like, what just happened? Something's different here. Exactly. The same thing with snacks. I mean, you know, we're not supposed to be eating chips, but... Um, they have seemed to be shrinking, definitely. Definitely. Uh, well, I gave a little bit of a, a sense of what shrinkflation is, right? Some of us have heard that term. For some, it, for others, it's it's new. But just flesh it out for us. What exactly is happening? Yeah, and this is, you know, this is something that's happened for years, really. I mean, I've seen this way back when I was a, a young reporter back in the 90s. But it took off again Last summer, Mm -hmm. people started to really notice it when inflation peaked at about, you know, I think inflation was about 9% a year ago in June. Uh, And and that's when people started noticing things were getting smaller, especially snack foods, cereals, Mm -hmm. paper goods, things like that. Some of the recent ones within the last year are, you know, Huggies diapers. You used to get 96 diapers in a package. Now you only get 84. Oh, really? Yes. And like the Charmin Mega Rolls, you still get the same number of rolls in the pack, but each roll, it used to have 264 sheets, and mm. now it only has 242 sheets. Wow. Um, Oreo Double Stuff Cookies, another example, the family size. It used to be one pound, four ounces. Now it's one pound, 2.71 ounces. So your family size uh, package has a, f- uh, a few less cookies. Yes, yeah, cereal. So Yeah. And and what happens is the companies just, you know, shear off a little bit of the weight or take a couple cookies out and they hope that you won't notice because the price remains the same. But what that actually is, of course, is a price increase. Yeah. Edgar, good time to bring you in here. Give us some more examples of of products that you've seen that have shrunk. And uh, I mean, I assume there are some that just can't be right. I, I mean, how can you shrink 
a carton or a, of a dozen eggs or a gallon of milk, right? That has to remain a gallon, doesn't it? Well, that's my that's my favorite example, saying I know it's gone too far when you open <laughs> that carton of eggs and there's only 11 inside the <laughs> carton. But the milk example, there's a company in the Pacific Northwest called Dairy Gold. They're half-gallon paper cartons of ultra-pasteurized milk, 64 ounces, it's half a gallon, have gone down to 59 ounces. It's kind of unthinkable. And the the only way a consumer would notice, because the cartons look almost identical, is there are signs put up by the WIC program, Women, Infants, and Children, mm-hmm. that said this product doesn't qualify um, under the WIC program anymore because it's not half a gallon. I think otherwise most people wouldn't have even known that the milk wasn't a half gallon wow. there. So as as Stephanie brought up, Edgar, this is not a new phenomenon. I'm curious when you started noticing it. Well, mine goes all the way back to the 1960s when I was a teenager. My Mounds candy bar always used to be two ounces, then it became 1.9 something ounces. And that was the time when Mr. Whipple was on TV promoting Charmin. Please don't squeeze the Charmin, he implored shoppers. Well, back then, the original Charmin was 650 sheets on a roll. Today's super mega roll of Charmin, which is the the biggest one they make, Mm -hmm. is around 350 sheets. So it's still 60 years later. Um, 300 sheets short of the original. half the size. Oh, my goodness. So, Stephanie, why are companies making these subtle changes uh, to the quantity of their product? What's their reasoning behind this? Yeah, I'm sure they're just figuring that people won't notice. It's a way to implement a price increase without telling you. So, and they're very very tricky. Like, sometimes they'll change the packaging ever so slightly, like you'll notice a little curve in the bottle or it'll become more slender or, or whatnot. And they're they're hoping that you won't notice. And of course, at some point... And that's legal? I mean, it's oh, so yeah. deceptive. Well, not really, because they're still labeling it with the, with the amount, you know. They're not, they're not putting the old weight on it, but how many people are really looking that closely? And sometimes you kind of think your mind is playing tricks on you, right? Like, was it really that size? If you don't have the old bottle in your house anymore, you might not really notice. Mm. Well, I mean, I'm thinking on the, the manufacturer end of things. Doesn't it cost more for a manufacturer to make different size packaging? For the company? Well, I think it's, you know, they've taken that into account. You know, you sell millions of units and you're cutting off an ounce or two or a few diapers here and there. You're probably more than recouping your losses. And a lot of these companies, especially food companies, have been doing quite well financially during inflation. So I'm sure they've made that. (laughs) They've figured that the package design is going to be worth it in the long run. Let's take a, a call. We've got Ken standing by in Lombard. Hey, Ken, welcome to Reset. Yes, hello. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to put in that, um, you know, over the years, uh, I'm in my 60s, over the years, you know, amounts have gotten bigger and bigger, and there's a certain amount of gluttony involved. I mean, I, I would get a, a bottle of Coke when I was a kid with six and a half ounces, and and then, you know, it was 12 and then 16. And mm-hmm. So, in a way, I'm happy to see sizes go down. I think unit pricing is 
really essential. And everybody, this is a wake up that people really have to pay attention to unit pricing. And we need education on that. People need to know how to how to think about that. And then one last thing I wanted to say is that, you know, we've had really low prices on consumer goods uh, due to uh, offshoring work and externalizing environmental costs. And as we clean those things up, prices are going to go up, um, you know, let alone with the the effects of the pandemic that we're going to feel for a decade. So um, we're just going to have to get used to prices being a little higher. The, the, I, I don't mean to sound cruel to people with without money. It's That's why, I mean, people who have the money mm-hmm. and complain that things are $3 more than they used to be, you know, I don't feel for them. But we need to make sure that people who don't have money can get the basics. Thanks for, for sharing your thoughts there, Ken. Appreciate your call. Uh, Edgar, what do you think about that? I mean, does Ken have a point there? He says that uh, we're just going to have to get used to this. Well, you do have to get used to higher prices, but the the very important consumer point that he made was unit pricing, that price on the shelf that gives you the cost per ounce or cost per hundred sheets, that's the great equalizer. You can have every manufacturer of cereal playing games, making the box a little narrower, taking out a little bit. How do you compare one to another? You use unit pricing. That will tell you, of all the different brands and sizes, which one really is the best deal. So that really is great consumer advice he offered. So, Edgar, we mentioned earlier uh, rising inflation and shrinkflation. They often happen around the same time. Why is that? Well, basically what manufacturers tell me when I've asked them, why would you make the product smaller? They say their costs are going up. They'll tell me the cost of raw materials has gone up. They'll tell me that it costs more to get to the store. They're, um, so gasoline prices are higher. Um, they'll tell me the labor costs have gone up. And they have to figure out how do they pass that on to the consumer. They have a few choices. They can raise the price directly, but they know most shoppers are price conscious, and they'll recognize that price increase pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. They can change the ingredients, substitute some cheaper ingredients, reformulate the product, or they can choose the third option, which is the sneaky one. Make the product a little smaller because they know most consumers are not net weight conscious. They won't notice it. But what that really is, it's a backdoor price increase. Mm. That's why many manufacturers choose that option. What are you hearing, Stephanie, from from folks about how it's impacting their their day to day shopping? Our caller just a few moments ago was talking about just low income versus you know folks who maybe have a few extra dollars. Right. I mean, I think consumers are frustrated. Uh, there was a survey that came out of the Federal Reserve does annual consumer surveys, mm-hmm. and this was actually done in October, but it was just released this month. About two-thirds of people surveyed said they either stopped using a product or used less of it because of inflation. And about 64% of people said they switched to a cheaper product. So Mm. I think people So just changing brands. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think people are noticing it in their budget, and I think they're frustrated. They don't know exactly what to do about it. Yeah. I mean, Edgar, inflation, it's been coming down in recent months, and- 
it's certainly lower than it was around this time last year. So what I'm trying to wrap my mind around is is why shrinkflation is continuing. Because costs are still up for manufacturers. Yeah. That's the basic reason. So if it's not up 9% anymore and only up 5%, okay, so instead of taking off 10 sheets on a roll of, of, of toilet paper or paper towels, they'll only take off five sheets. It, it's kind of a euphemism when you hear these major manufacturers say, oh, we have to raise prices. That should trigger in your mind, oh, that big company just said maybe they're going to raise prices by making the product a little smaller. Mm-hmm. So that can kind of give folks a clue if a big paper manufacturer says that, you better check your paper towels and toilet paper to see that you're getting the same amount or not. So if, if manufacturing costs ease, does that typically reduce price, prices? Um, prices will go down, but what you won't see, you won't see product sizes going up. Uh. That roll of paper towels is not going to add back the 10 sheets. Now, you may on occasion Come see on. a bonus pack, as they call it, where they're giving you 10% extra, but that's temporary. What we do see when a product has become so small, manufacturers then introduce, for example, a double-size roll Mm -hmm. or a triple roll or a quadruple roll. And actually just today I noticed for the first time Bounty is coming out with a mega roll because they've made the regular roll so small. (laughs) And now that that mega roll is probably what it was originally. Right. You know, uh, once I, upon a time. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Um, Edgar was telling me also when the chips get too small and people start to notice that that bag of chips is really, really, really shrunken, then they come out with party size and party size is more expensive. <laughs> so they've got all kinds of tricks. Party size. But, you know, I think it's also worth noting in that discussion that some of these companies are doing really well for themselves, like the Oreos, which we talked about. Um, they they eliminated a couple ounces off of their double stuff Oreo family size. And, and they also reported first quarter profit 100, 142% above last Last year, really? they gave uh, $928 million back to their shareholders in dividends and stock buybacks. So some of these companies, I think it can be questioned whether it's entirely a deserved price increase or whether they uh, took advantage of the fact that people are aware of inflation and decided to make more money. Yeah, good point. Let's hear from another caller. Here's Beth in Rogers Park. Hey, Beth. Welcome. Hello. Hi. So I started pay attention started paying attention to like the sizes and I actually think packet prepackaged food is extremely expensive. So I started actually making my own tortilla chips where I can get a pack of corn tortillas for sixty six cents mm. versus a three dollar bag of of corn chips. Um, That's a good tip. It does take yeah, and then also just overusing products. I think people tend to. Um, like laundry detergent, dish detergent, I started using a lot less and noticing things were just as clean um, to kind of save money. Yeah. But I also wanted to just make a quick comment. I remember years ago, White Castle used to sell hamburgers and they, they said they were flavor holes because they would actually take out some of the meat oh my. probably save money. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't, this was like a long time ago, but we always thought it was hysterical that it's just actually, no, you're serving less 
product. That is so and, funny. Uh, rebranding it as flavor holes. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> Thanks for telling us that, Beth. Appreciate your call, uh, Edgar. I mean, do you see a lot of folks doing what Beth is doing? I mean, she mentioned that she just started making her own chips. She, are, are folks making their own products just to save money? I think you really have to rethink your purchases. If you're an automatic shopper and you always grab the name brand, I think more people are thinking, well, I need to switch to the store brand. Or think of a substitute, as she mentioned, and getting a different product that can serve the same purpose. Mm. Um, We really just have to be much more cognizant of prices and sizes. Then we can make more informed decisions every time we shop. Anything policymakers could do, Edgar, to to prevent companies from engaging in these practices? Well, uh, if I could wave a a magic wand, you'd you'd want them to say, look, new smaller size (laughs) right on the package (laughs) in a big starburst. The trouble is that's not going to happen. There's only one place in the world where there's a law, and that's in Brazil. In Brazil, if you're going to downsize a product, you have to put the old size on the product, the new size, and state what the percentage reduction is. Would that ever happen here? I'm afraid not. Mm. This episode of Reset was produced by Andrew Merriweather and Meha Ahmed, and it was edited by Stephanie Kim and Ethan Schwab. Keep up with everything happening in Chicago and across the country by subscribing to the Reset newsletter. You'll get all the major headlines in your inbox each morning and hear about interesting things happening across the city. Subscribe now by going to wbez.org slash Reset News. That's all for this morning. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Talk to you this afternoon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.